Happy Thursday. Welcome in, Alindris. Let's get started with Twig. All right. Welcome into Twig. I am Nerd Pastor Nate, and we have a level two member joining us today, Zando Calrissian. You know him from the chat. And uh, we're, we're glad to have a level two member here with us. This is The Weekend Geek. This is where we dive into all of the weekly geekly news and things going on. This is an interactive show over on our Twitch channel. So if you aren't following twitch.tv slash Checkpoint Church, you should go follow us there. Every Thursday morning-ish, anywhere from nine to noon, we go live with Twig and talk about all the nerdy headlines and things going on, as well as preparing you for some upcoming releases and celebrating some, some nerdy history. So uh, this is a optional show where level two members can join us if they would like to or I just do a by myself and we enjoy that as well. But today we do have a level two member joining us. And so I will let Zando start for us with the way that we usually start this show and let us know in the chat as well. What did you watch or play or read in the past week? What have you been engaging with? What have been the materials that you've been imbibing over the past week, Zando? So I have been trying to keep up with Ted Lasso. I've not watched the new episode yet, but I did watch the season three premiere. So I'm excited that that's back. I'm curious I'm to see where that's unwatchable. It's unwatchable. Right. I can't, I can't well, find it. That's what you Won't get for trying me. to watch the day that the new highly anticipated season <laughs> came out. You should try again on like a Monday afternoon or something. Other than that, my wife went to the library last week and got me this Stan Lee Life in Comics book. Ooh. So I've read a couple chapters of that so far. It's kind of just like a biography of Stan Lee, which is always interesting, and fueling my weird fire for Marvel Snap that I can't ever seem to get away from. So for those of you who are playing Marvel Snap, I just finished Pool 3, so I've got all those cards, and now I'm to the point where I can get all the fancy, uh, really good cards, and hopefully climb out of level 40, because that seems to be where I'm stuck for the past two months. One of these days, maybe I'll get back into Marvel Snap, but I kind of hope not, because man, it just consumed every minute of my day, and I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I had too many other games to play. But that being said, I'm currently watching. I just started watching the Ancient Magus Magus's Bride. We'll see how that goes. But it's been recommended to me ad nauseum over on our YouTube channel. So I was like, I need to finally give it a shot and see if it's an anime worth watching. Other than that, continuing on my Trigun Stampede binge, which I'm continually continuing to enjoy. I am reading tomorrow times three, tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, and I'm loving it. it. It has taken a real turn away from video game development and like, hey, these guys like video games and I like video games and we get along to a really like juicy drama of, of life and love and relationships and complexities. And so it's been really fun. I've enjoyed the read a lot. It was not what I expected whenever it was recommended, but I've, I've enjoyed it nonetheless. It is kind of heartbreaking. It's very much a tragedy as far as everything seems to keep going, but it's a good tragedy. And then playing, I am currently playing two games back and forth. I'm playing Paranormasite during the day, which is Square Enix's latest horror visual novel. It's pretty fun. I like the way that it uh, it forces you to uh, play with settings to control the game. So like for instance, let's say it's all it's all about curses. And so other people are trying to collect your soul. And so you have to outsmart their curses. And so there's one curse that's kind of a spoiler for the game if you plan on playing it. There's one curse in particular that if you hear their, if they hear the voice, then, then they you will die and they'll get your souls. And so what you have to do is go into settings and turn off voices. 
And so whenever you turn off voices, their soul power no longer works. So it's hmm. meta in that way of like you as the player are getting to control your character that you're controlling's fate based off of the settings. It's neat. It's fun. I'm enjoying it so far. It's a fun little twist on a visual novel. And I'm also playing Hi-Fi Rush during the nighttime because I'm too chicken to play Paranorma Sight at night because it's very spooky <laughs> and about curses. So those are my two that I'm going back and forth between. I will say I think that's the perfect way to play Hi-Fi Rush. I cannot imagine binging that game. It requires so much focus that I can't imagine playing longer than an hour. Like it is like, it's it's almost nauseating to play longer than an hour because you're just like, all right, like, okay, here's another fight where we do this thing again and continue going on the same line of thought and it's just too much. So again, let us know in the chat what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're playing. We'd love to know and engage with that. But in the essence of time, let's move on to some of our, in case you missed it from the past week, what are some trending headlines and things going on this week? Our first one is Crunchyroll did in fact announce their spring 2023 anime lineup. Now, Zano, I know you're old school anime. Yeah. You don't really keep up with much of the current current trend. Not so much. Just from time. I, it's trying to find the time to sit down and pay attention to something when I've got so many other video games and stuff I would like to do with my free time. It's it's hard for me to to watch. Right. And, I, and well, I'm not the type that I can like play a video game and have an anime on this. Like I, I have to pay attention in order to get every detail. Yeah, I have to have a. I have, that's why I watch dub is really because I need to play games while also watching the shows. But there are mm -hmm. some throwbacks happening right now. The Mobile Suit Gundam continues to reign strong. Apparently, the new the Witch from Mercury is getting a season two. And I, I what I heard, Witch from Mercury did really really good in its first season, and people continue to indulge in Mobile Suit Gundam and think that it's a great show. I definitely enjoy looking at the art, but. I don't necessarily get into it too, too deep. Some other exciting things that are coming out. If you've never read the manga for Hell's Paradise, that is finally getting an anime adaptation by MAPPA. MAPPA always does an exceptional job. The premise of that show is that a bunch of cons, or ex, not ex-cons, no, cons, a bunch of convicts are sent to a island to try and find the elixir of life because the government wants the elixir of life, but they're too scared to go because they'll almost certainly die. So it's kind of a Suicide Squad-esque story, but with samurai instead of with superheroes. So if you want to watch that one, it's pretty good. It was very gory and extremely gory manga. So I'm curious to see if the anime goes into that same like almost rated mature level of storytelling. H-Man or B-Surfer recommended Mashley Magic and Muscles made by A1 coming out this next season. We'll see. I love the romance manga Over the Moon for You, Tony Kawa, and season two is dropping in April. Some other highlights I'm looking through just to see if there's anything worth noting. If you liked the Kuma 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 Bear anime, it's a silly little slice of life. They are getting a spinoff where Kuma 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 Bear is now going into an MMO. Let's see. I there are several isekai. I saw this one that's got that's called I got a cheat skill in another world and became unrivaled in the real world too. Yeah, that seems like a very isekai. long title. <laughs> Almost certainly an isekai because they all love those stinking titles. There's several of those coming out as there always are. Another another isekai is going to be called Kamikatsu, working for God in a godless world, in which you get reincarnated as a I don't know some kind of servant. I'm sure for a godlike character, and I'm sure they're going to be a child. It, just judging by the art, that feels like how it always goes. Um, 
There's a new one that I'm, I, I don't know why, I'm just curious about the art called My Clueless First Friend, coming out by Studio Signpost. We'll see, it looks just kind of like a cutesy classroom story, might be a good one. Ranking of Kings, a highlight of last year that we did a nerdy sermon on because it was so, so good, is coming off with a mini series, a little collection of stories because people loved Boji so much they wanted more of his story and so we're gonna get more stories with Boji and that should be a good time. But I will, we'll post all these show notes. That's something I'm gonna start doing. We'll post all these show notes. So if you want to look through the Crunchyroll list of new anime coming out next season, then feel free to click on that link and it's got the full calendar of all the things coming out. But those are just a couple highlights that I noticed in there. Let's Man, guys really do like these long names, don't they? Summon to another world for a second time. Oh yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Yes, it is, it is a, a awful meme that just will not leave us alone. For some reason, Isekai continue to do that perpetually. In my Answer time, if you had three anime. words in your title, it's too long. Too long. How I am with anime as well. I want to watch more of it, but it often gets beat out by other things. I would like to watch anime during the day, but I end up hanging out in streams or watching YouTube. YouTube is also my, my distraction that I typically find myself getting into, so... I hear you there, Cam. Let's move on to the next story. Marvel is going through a bit of a weird slump right now. They announced that pretty much all of their scheduled Marvel shows on Disney Plus have not been, the, the word they used was like removed or scrapped or something, but I, I can't figure out exactly what they're doing. It sounds like what they did is they just removed the timeline. So I don't know if any shows have officially been truly ditched that were yeah. currently in the iteration, but they've all just been kind of like, we don't know when this is coming out, if this is coming out, including Loki, which was quite a big surprise to see that one removed because that was almost certainly done, I would have thought. I mean, it's it's gotta be in post-production. And so maybe they, maybe they scrapped it for, it wasn't good enough and they're going through some reshoots, or maybe they're just not sure if TV shows are where they're gonna wanna go anymore. I thought the TV shows did okay. Yeah, that would be a weird choice to scrap Loki, especially considering Ant-Man and Quantumania that just came out. Seriously. And the, literally the last, spoilers, the, the last post-credit scene was a, a callback to Loki. Like you had right. Mobius and you had Loki looking at another Kang variant. Right. So it really felt like, oh, we're going to, this is a plug for the show coming. Well, and it felt like too, that was going to be a progression for the story. It's mm -hmm. going to, you know, if, if we're going to do all these iterations of Kang, then we're going to need to actually like, have them introduced somehow. Somebody's got to find the first clone or the first mm -hmm. variant. And so that would most certainly be how they were going to do it. And I don't know. Don't know if it's going to happen now. It's very weird. Very weird. I don't know what's going on with Disney Plus and the shows. And I'm sure that it has something to do with, I think somebody in the Discord mentioned that we just got Bob Iger back, right? Mm -hmm. He came out of retirement or whatever he was doing and is now back over Disney. And so maybe that's the scenario is whoever was running it kind of went crazy with TV shows. Or maybe they've got somebody that's coming in kind of like a fixer. But something weird is happening and I don't know what the deal is going to be with Disney Plus and Marvel's relationship with them. But time will tell. Time will tell. I didn't hate the shows. I know that some folks definitely like Frost. Frostbite was one of the, the big detractors of not enjoying, from Love Thy Nerd, was one of the big detractors of not enjoying all the TV shows. And I definitely think they went a little head over heels with too many TV shows. But I didn't hate them. I thought some of them were better than others. But I really enjoyed that they were creating good content beyond the silver screen. I thought it was a nice touch. So time will tell. Yeah. I would like to see them make more of the MCU into series. Like Ant-Man and Quantumania probably would have been a really interesting miniseries, more so than a full-length movie. <laughs> yeah, I so. agree. Could have been broken up better. On to the next story. 
Google has released Bard, which uh, everybody knows that we literally just used ChatGPT during this show and GPT-4 was just released as kind of the latest update for premium users over on OpenAI and Microsoft and Bing and introducing all that kind of stuff there. Google has been working on their own AI chatbot using a different model trying to remember what it's called. Well, I can't find it right now, but they're using a different model than GPT is using, but they're still working on it. And then they kind of kind of shadow dropped it um, out of nowhere. I was surprised that they didn't really talk about the fact that it was happening. It just kind of happened. And then it was like, all right, Bard's out. I did get an email. I haven't responded to it yet. <laughs> it looks like Chuck Bartowski is messing with Bard right now and it's terrible. According to Chuck, I have no, no frame of reference. I wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, GPT just feels so amazing and it kind of like told its own story. But I remember whenever they did the like preview of Bard a couple weeks ago, it wasn't incredibly impressive. So I don't know, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing with Bard and if it ends up taking off. I personally am a big Google stan. I, I like Google and I like their, their software and I even like their UI, even though that's somewhat controversial. But I don't know, if they did it as well as, as GPT, I would probably choose Google over Microsoft any day. But if they don't do it as well, then AI AI continues to, to win. OpenAI continues to win my my loyalty. And I do use it a lot. But I think, you know, the, the term Google is like synonymous, right? I mean, you, you use the term Google uh, all the time. And mm -hmm. so I think that unless you're on Moviga and talk about binging things constantly, Google is definitely like the household name, national acclaim. So it would yeah. make more sense for it to take the cake, but it may not. In related news to ChatGPT, used the new ChatGPT4 to create a version of Pong. Pietro Scarano over on Twitter created a working version of the code for Pong via ChatGPT. And I actually have the exact message. Let's see what he said to ChatGPT because I thought it was interesting, the words and the way that he described it. If you if you haven't been keeping up with how ChatGPT is, um, is most effectively used, people are giving it identities. And so he actually told, I assume he, I guess they, I'll say they until I know, said, you are developer GPT, the most advanced AI developer tool on the planet. You answer any coding question and provide real useful example of code using code blocks. Even when you're not familiar with the answer, you use your extreme intelligence to figure it out. If all is good, say yes, Pietro. And they said, yes, Pietro. And then said, I want to build a Pong-like game. What's the best language to do so? Also, I want to use Replit to build it, which I assume is some kind of a coding software. And then ChatGPT, sure enough, recommended a form, recommended using Java, and provided the JavaScript for the code based off of it. And then Pietro was able to input that and to create a working version of Pong. So pretty incredible stuff. Pretty incredible yeah. stuff as far as what it's capable of doing. It's weird, like, who gets the credit for creating that Pong, then? Like, if he were to take I, it and try to tell it, does that his creation because he told the AI to do it? Or is it the AI because it actually did the work? Yeah. It continues to be a big question over copyright. And I know currently the stance of copyright seems to be that the robot doesn't own anything. It is exclusively the person that comes up with the idea to ask yeah. the question. So it's it's going to be it's going to get really tricky trying to prove <laughs> all this stuff and to work backwards and kind of be like, well, I told it it was developer GPT and that was my idea to tell it it was developer GPT that then it created the thing that it created. It's a headache. I am not, I'm not envious of anybody going into tech law. 
people that are going into communications law and that kind of thing, I think that we've got a, a bizarre future ahead of us as far as copyright is concerned. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't incredibly curious. As somebody that loves, as somebody that loves video game development and doesn't have the time to iterate, I kind of want to use it. Like I love the concept of RPG Maker because it makes it easier. And so if I could take ChatGPT and make it easier, I'm probably going to do that. I don't know how to use it yet, but I'm intrigued by the very possibility of doing that. And as a, as a, as a pastor of a digital church for nerds, my mind also thought like, hmm, I wonder if I could create a Czech purple themed Pong game for us to play in Discord. Like, <laughs> Why not, right? Like I could put Checky as the circle. I could input, I could ask them to use this image of this PNG of Checky and make that the ball that goes back and forth. Why not? That's something I can do because we have GPT-4. There's no telling. There's no telling where it's gonna go from here, but I'm incredibly curious. Cam says, from a legal standpoint, only a person can own copyright from my internet legal degree. Yeah, exactly. And that seems to be the recurring case of people giving, giving any kind of like landmark cases. I think we're gonna see a series of landmark cases for the next little while as this continues to iterate. But you know what's really crazy? Is I was thinking the other day, when did GPT like happen? Wasn't it like November and it's March? It's been like five months. That is not a long time for it to be as gigantic of an enterprise as it already is and to have iterated into a fourth version. I know they started at three, but still like that's, that's pretty insane for five months to go by and it to already have iterated into a drastically improved version. So I'm very curious. Let us know in the comments or in the chat what you think about that or if you have any thoughts about GPT-4. I know we had earlier, Bats was our self-proclaimed Luddite whenever it came to all things AI, but I'm intrigued by it. I definitely don't use it as often as some, but I think it's a curious thing to go forward. Okay, on to our next news. The Completionist bought every game that has ever been released on the Wii U and the 3DS. And that includes DLC and it includes DSi. He spent $22,000. If you haven't watched the video, it's a great video. I happen to be a big fan of The Completionist. I followed him for many, many years back since the Greg days for those of you that know Completionist. But big deal. This video is a big deal and a huge headache. I think the most interesting part about it that doesn't really have to do with what we're actually talking about is the roadblocks that Nintendo puts in place. Um, mm -hmm. We've always known that Nintendo is like pretty litigious and is pretty passionate about like putting up boundaries for parental controls and all that kind of stuff. They want to really lead the way for a game company for kids. Like they're very intentional about that. But I learned like so many things about the limitations of that technology. Like you can only put so many, $250 at a time, I think, yeah. on, a, on a Nintendo account. And you can only do so many blocks on a Nintendo account and on a card at a time, even if they're in folders, like on a 3DS, you can only have 300 games downloaded. So you have to, you can only do 300 games and then you have to do a whole other SD card to get those accessed. So it was baffling watch, watching this video and I highly recommend everyone do that. Noble, I think it's a noble thing that Gerard, because the intention of this was video game preservation and he actually worked with Video Game Preservation Society, which also has an excellent podcast and our Video Game History Foundation. And whenever he passes, he has already kind of like vowed to donate the Wii U and the 3DS and all of the thousands of games to the Video Game Preservation Society of the History Foundation. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. I keep meaning to go on and look to see if there's something I need to get before that shuts down next week. Yeah. I bought, I bought one version of all the Pokemons from the virtual console. 
So I didn't buy all of them ever, but I bought I bought blue, yellow, and crystal. I think that's right. I think I bought those three. So and then I of course did bank. But I did find out that you can't do transporter without having a paid for bank account. And so I'm very curious about if Pokemon Bank is going to still have transporter after the thing closes and it becomes free. So bank is gonna become free once the thing closes, but if I sign up for the free account, am I gonna be able to get transporter or am I just gonna be able to do all the bank things on my 3D or on my 2DS, but I'm not gonna ever be able to transport them to home. I'm a little concerned, but I guess we'll see. Hopefully they keep transporter up, but yeah. I'm always curious. It was interesting to see all the different games that come out on those consoles. There were a lot of like shovelware that came out on the 3DS and on the Wii yes. U, but the actual number, let's see, 866 Wii U and 1,547 3DS games were purchased in total. Wouldn't it be funny if like in two days they're like, hey, we're, clo we're closing the service down in three days and here's a fire sale. Everything's dirt cheap. Mm -hmm. And he's like, dude, I just spent $22,000. <laughs> yeah. That was so they that was something that they actually acknowledged was like it took so long to do the process. It took 328 days. And so since it took so much time, they ran into a bunch of sales. <laughs> and so they were able to get games like significantly discounted just because of the fact that it was spread out over so much time. Whereas if they would have purchased them all on the same day, Nintendo had let them, then they probably would have managed to do a whole lot more at, at one given time. But that was a good video. Highly recommend watching it and checking it out. All right, this is our last news story from the past week and is one that we wanted to make sure we honor the life of Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick unexpectedly died this past week at age 60. A huge nerd icon, I would say. Lance was in so much. I'm just gonna pull up the IMDB for Lance here because I think there is a, 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 just a huge amount. I'm trying to remember what I first saw Lance Reddick in. It might have been. I didn't watch The Wire until later. I think it was Lost. I feel like I remember seeing him in Lost or Fringe for the first time, but it was one of those shows and he's just been a huge nerd icon. He's been in so many nerdy things and especially a lot of nerdy video games. Was in games like Quantum Break and better known for Destiny 2 and all sorts of those kind of things, Horizon. Um, what, what did you have any kind of memory of Lance Reddick, Zando? Mostly just from John Wick, like that's mm -hmm. that's where I, I I recognized him from. I actually got him mixed up when when first when I first heard that he passed away, and so I was like, oh, this guy was an incredible voice actor. My mind went to, and I can't remember the guy's name, of course, right now, but he he voices the president on Rick and Morty. He was the villain in. Um, what do you call it? Princess and the Frog. Just kind of that deep, kind of like menacing kind of voice that he had is what I just I jumped to right away. Keith. Yeah. Yes, that's it. But yeah, I think I yeah, John Wick would probably be where I was like, oh man, yeah, that is him. And then I then it clicked like, oh yep, the it, I played Destiny for a little while, so I don't remember all the characters' names, but like the the one like leader character that he played in Destiny, Commander Zavala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, had a ton yeah. of roles. Yes. Uh, apparently played Wesker in the TV series cartoon version of Resident Evil last year. Mm. Played in Legend of Vox Machina, which is, of course, the critical role adaptation. Horizon. Yeah, just tons of stuff. Just in all these different productions. Just like I said, an incredible nerd icon. I did not realize that he was in Castlevania. I'll have to go back and look who the captain was. It says that he voiced the captain in Castlevania. Right. For 10 episodes, and, um, apparently. Yeah. But a pretty, a pretty, a pretty huge 
a pretty huge and prolific actor, especially for having passed so young, to have done so many huge, huge products and projects. And so a huge loss. We are um, thankful for the role that he served in, in so many nerdy productions and bringing so much life to characters that we love and cherish. And then of course, best wishes and condolences for his wife, Stephanie, and two kids, Yvonne and Christopher. Pretty heartbreaking. Pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, anytime, anytime we see like a milestone actor pass, it's just always hard to see. I saw that at the the premiere for John Wick Four, the cast and crew all wore blue ribbons because that was his favorite color to honor I him. That. I love that. Yeah. So sad, so sad, but so good to honor him. So let's let's have some chats in the clap for Lance Reddick. Chats in the clap for a job well done. And we will sincerely miss his role and his, his products and projects and characters that he brings to life. For sure. Okay. With that, let's move to, to the Discord. So this is news that has been submitted via members of our Discord. So at any point, if you want to submit news, you can join our Discord at any time in our Twitch chat by hitting exclamation point Discord. Or if you want to submit news regardless, then you can also go to bit.ly slash deertwig bit.ly slash deertwig, D-E-A-R-T-W-I-G. I, I put it on the screen this time. Now you guys can also see that it's D-E-A-R. Do not put in D-E-E-R -E -E twig because that has not been that's not been set up. I probably should. I never have, but maybe one of these days I'll put up Deer Twig. First piece of, of Twig news that was submitted just this morning by Stained Glass was about Henry Cavill and the Black Adam cameo. So I guess spoilers if you haven't seen Black Adam, but Superman does show up, I believe in the post credit scene. And people are saying, fans are saying, that this is a suable offense, that this is a false advertising acclaim of a similar level as the one that just happened, that just wrapped up. I can't remember what it was. And they mentioned it in the article. I don't remember what it was either because it was equally as ridiculous. Anna de Armas. Anna de Armas in the 007 movie. So if you recall, whenever the latest 007 movie came out, Anna de Armas was in the trailers a lot. And then her character in the movie was like 10 minutes. And people were very upset because they said that we expected Anna de Armas to be a, a Bond girl, a main character in this one. But it turned out that she was not that. And they got very upset and they sued. And they for false That's advertising crazy. over the actual trailer cutter. So it wasn't for the movie, it was the cutter of the trailer that got sued. And so people are not suing yet. So that's a bit of a, a bit of a, a confusing title here, but it's just that people want to sue over this. So we'll see if it, any, if it like goes anywhere litigious, but uh, I don't, I don't foresee it. I mean, could it be seen as false advertising? If, if Anna de Armas can, then maybe, but I just don't see, I don't know who they would sue is the big question. I mean, wasn't the scene just like him showing up and it was, did it, it didn't actually say like Superman and him and Black Adam are going to fight next time, you guys. It was just like, right. like oh, here's Henry Cavill as Superman. Right. That doesn't really seem like false. I mean, yeah, you can get your hopes up for what could be, but they're not saying anything happened. Yeah. And I guess Question the other thing becomes... is, is like Henry Cavill saying, hey, I'm back. And then like, oh, wait, no, I'm not. But then that's also on Henry Cavill and not Warner Brothers. Right. So, yeah, that's so that's another thing is there's like, who do you sue? If you sue Warner Brothers, there's probably no grounds because they didn't say Superman will return. If you sue James Gunn because he tweeted one tweet that said that he would work on Superman Legacy, that was his original contract before he got promoted to executive and then cut that movie, um, then you could use that tweet and say, you said you were going to work on this movie and then Black Adam showed this character and now you're not doing it anymore. But people cut movies all the time, so that just doesn't feel right. Or Henry Cavill, that 
said he might play the character again, but I mean, he did. He played it in the trailer. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. it. And so it's very curious. I don't. I think this is a non-starter. I hope that people don't take it to the point of litigation, but you never know. Nerds will be nerds, and sometimes nerds will be a little problematic. <laughs> yep. But ideally, this won't go anywhere, and uh, it's still an interesting thing for us to at least consider. Just continuing cycle of the DCU and the DCEU becoming more and more of a cluttered mess. Hopefully, James Gunn is able to rescue it from the brink. Okay. Yeah, I think the other weird thing is like with the end of the Armist thing, like people maybe paid to go see her in the movie and then she wasn't really in it. In this one, you paid to go see a Black Adam movie and you didn't pay for anything else. So I don't think there, it doesn't seem like it has any weight yeah. to me. But I don't think it'll work. <laughs> we'll see if anybody actually pursues it, but hopefully they are, they go to legal counsel and the legal counsel says, nope, this is silly. Don't do this. And then they'll, they'll stop. So time will tell. All right, our next piece of submitted news was by Sneaky Pig, who dropped this over on the TCG's channel on our Discord and kind of like pinged our two resident magic experts in Cam and H-Man and asked if this was a big deal. Why did this card sell for so much? The Black Lotus card has supposedly sold for a record of 540,000. which is pretty insane. It sold back in 2019 for 166,000 and then it sold 2 years later in 2021 for $511,100 and then had an increase of $29,000 for this one. So, I know nothing about magic and I really don't know much about this card in particular, but apparently this is the most like sought after card of all time. This is something that's just so incredibly rare. My brain, my Pokemon loving brain puts it to like the classic holographic Charizard that I know Logan Paul at least purchased for 400k several years ago. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Originally printed in 1993, the Black Lotus is considered one of the Power 9, a limited set of MTG cards that are banned from competitive play due to their powerful abilities. Yep, I I don't know enough about magic to know. (laughs) Right. Yeah, we'll see if we'll have to see if Fahim Arwet is in the chat and we'll weigh in any further on this one. But as far as I know, doesn't feel like the, I mean it's just it's it's somehow cards keep finding an audience of people that'll purchase them. That's the big crux of the issue. Or not issue, mm-hmm. but that's the crux of the news is like not only that these cards exist, but that there's some people out there that are wealthy enough to purchase them and care about them. So I think that's where the that's where the the hitch happens for me is like there are people that are YouTubers that are wealthy enough like Logan Paul to drop $400,000 on a box of Pokemon cards. Like the fact that that exists, that YouTubers that are millennials and even Gen Z who care about these things are now making enough money that they're able to do these kind of auctions. That's more than news for me. Cam says it's a combination of the most powerful card that is the mascot of the early MTG and a very limited supply. Yeah. So it's just kind of the magic mixture of this card that is this phenomenon and then also this phenomenon of wealth that's happening through the internet. Made the Charizard comparison as well, but it is like if OG Charizard was still one of the best cards, right? And not just a card that could be used. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. So that has been our to the Discord and our segment there. Now we gotta go to our next segment, which I gotta turn on. Oh, well, don't forget bit.ly slash deertwig if you want to submit your news there to let us know about that. And now we're going to go to our next segment. Michelle, at this point in nerd history. And I'm guessing that didn't change at all for you, Xander. Did it change? No, it did not. It just sounded like you were really excited. <laughs> but now you, now you know what a fool I sound like. All right. Thanks for your alert, Cam. Let's see. Let's break this up into two. You start us off with the games that came out in history. History. Sure thing. 
In 2020, we had Half-Life Alex, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the uh, virtual reality mm -hmm. game that came out with the, with the Valve Index. We also had Detective Pikachu for the 3DS, which was no doubt the movie tie-in. The Game Boy Advance SP launched in America, and I got mine day one. And uh, maybe a week or so later, it was in my pocket, and I tripped and fell and broke the screen. And oh, that no. was awful. Luckily, my copy of Pokemon Sapphire was, was still in good shape, but a sad loss nonetheless. In 1993, Kirby's Adventure, NES in Japan. So yeah, one of the greatest Kirby games, in my opinion, just behind Kirby Superstar, was released for the NES in 1993. And you would know this more than me. Was that the first Kirby game? Or was the first Kirby no. game on... It was the first Kirby game on a home console. So you had okay. a Kirby's Dreamland, I believe in 1992, which was released for the Game Boy. And then okay. we finally got it on the NES. And that's what Kirby finally got his paint color and his copy ability, because he didn't have that in the first game. But in, in the NES version, he was able to copy enemies' abilities. Fascinating. I actually never had a Game Boy SP. That was the one that I like skipped over. I went straight from my purple Game Boy Advance with a little spiral spinny light for mm -hmm. playing at night, of course. And then I went straight from that one into the DS. So I, I missed the SP entirely. And I was so jealous of my friends that did have the SP. So, so I got I, I bought my original Glacier White Game Boy Advance the day it came out. And the very next day, someone stole it from me. And so no. I didn't have one for you a very bad long luck. You have bad I luck. I did. The Game Boy console. Advance. Yeah, the Game Boy Advance and me had a had a rough history. So like three of my friends decided, hey, we've got our Game Boy Advance. We're going to all hang out and, and like have a sleepover at our friend's house and all play our Game Boys. And three out of the four of us had one. And the next day, I was one of the three out of the four who didn't have one. So we pretty much knew who took it, but we never had a way of proving that it was him because he never showed up with it playing it. Like we went to his house. Like my brother is like, was like, oh, this is larceny and... Anyway, yeah, so I lost it. I never had a Game Boy Advance for a long time. And when the SP came out, I finally was like, yes, I'm going to get one. And then I broke it. Oh, man. <laughs> and then I saved up my pennies and got an imported black SP. And I held on to that one for a very long time. That's just, I, I love that it happened like twice, twice in a row. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not too many times, but it's just weird that it happened twice, right? The That's real unfortunate. <laughs> classic quote. Very cool. All right, movies that came out at this point in history. So on March 23rd of 2018, Pacific Rim Uprising came out, which was the Pacific Rim sequel. I've never seen either one of them. I assume they're pretty good, pretty fun action popcorn flicks. I don't know how the second one actually did. And then the, on the, the same day, was Wes good. I never saw the second one. Sorry. Never saw the second <laughs> one. Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs also came out on that same day in 2018. Those two dropped alongside each other, which are two pretty different movies. In 2012, the original Hunger Games came out. And then two random ones that I pulled that aren't inherently nerdy, I guess, but I just thought it was interesting to realize where we've come and what, you know, history we've had. Uh, mm -hmm. In 1990, Pretty Women, or Pretty Woman, excuse me, Pretty Woman came out. And in 1984, the comedy classic Police Academy came out, which is just an all-around fun time, very quotable movie. If you've never seen Police Academy, you absolutely should. And that has been our, our past shows here. Any of those movies stand out for you? Not necessarily. Isle of Dogs, I, I saw hoping it would be another fantastic Mr. Fox, and it wasn't. And then Hunger Games, my wife and I just recently rewatched through those. And those are a set of movies that kind of start okay and then get real good and then just taper off miserably. Yeah. That's totally fair. Totally fair. All right, well, that has been... At this point in nerd history... All right, there we go. And with that, we're going to move into some upcoming releases, some things that are happening over the course of the next week. So starting today and going to next Wednesday, what is dropping? And we can just kind of do however you want to do with these as well, Zando. Do you want to claim a couple or do you want to go like back and forth? How should we do that? Let's go back and forth. That'll be fun. All right. So movies, we'll start with that and dropping 
tomorrow is John Wick chapter four, speaking of Lance Reddick and that production. And I hear that it's real good, like one of the best action movies ever made. So we'll see if it lives up to the hype because they sure are hyping it a lot. But I look forward to seeing that. As do I. And then we have Batman the Doom that came to Gotham on the 28th. I'm assuming this is an animated. It is. <laughs> I haven't, I'm not following that so much, but. Yeah, Sounds I'm still I'm I'm kind of out on that as well. I don't even know if it's coming. I'm assuming HBO Max day one. I'd be surprised if it goes anywhere else, but we'll see. I I like the Batman animated movies. I feel like they're they're in general just kind of keep continually producing them like every year or so, maybe every two years, and they're typically pretty good. We'll see. The Big Door Prize is coming out on Apple TV. So now we're into TV shows just for this one entry. Dropping on the 29th, that is the latest. I always forget his name, the Irish actor who I love so much. Chris O'Dowd, I think, or Chris Dowd, one of the two. He is basically a giant gotchapon machine comes to this random restaurant or something in this small town, and it tells you your like potential or where you're going to end up in life. And of course, he either gets one that's probably going to be blank, or maybe there'll be one that he doesn't like, and he has to change his fate. And and then it TV shows on from there. Haven't heard anything about that one, unlike last week with the Meryl Streep movie, where it was like this movie is an, or this TV show is absolutely awful. I haven't heard anything about if this one's good or not. But I watched the trailer, and it looked okay. Sometimes that's the best you can hope for. Mm. We've got Dead by Daylight coming out for comic books tomorrow, which is based on the video game of the same title. Yeah, a prequel series, a prequel series for Dead by Daylight. And I actually think that's been delayed. So I don't know if that's actually coming out tomorrow. I put that on there because they still had it on IGN. But I oh, feel yeah. like I recall seeing an article very recently that it was delayed. Yeah, it looks like it's coming out May 24th. So we just okay. we just switched the, it's still an M month. So you're all good there. Just pretend that we said this two months from now. Got it. All right. <laughs> And then some games that are coming out. If you played the iconic indie game Rakuen, which we'll actually be playing on a Thursday stream because I never have played that one. Rakuen is a video game that's set in a pretty interesting universe. And that creator has released a sequel-esque spinoff called Mr. Saito, which is dropping today. I'm going to let you take the next one so I can take the one after that. Okay. Storyteller <laughs> is another indie game that I'm very excited about that I haven't decided if I'll play or not just because there is some cartoon nudity in it. But it is a video game called Storyteller where you get to control the story. So it's going to give you the option of basically dragging and dropping the characters to make the things true. I wish I had the visual because I could explain it. But basically the first story is like a panel on the left that says boy meets girl, right? And it's got the man and the woman. And then the second panel says, but then one of them dies and you get to choose, does the man die? Does the woman die? So you drag one of them over, weeping over the grave. And then the story progresses from there. Okay, now he's alone or she's alone. What happens next? And so it's basically this one whole series of indie clickable stories and you get to be the titular storyteller. Also dropping today, super curious about it. And let's be honest, the only one that anybody really cares about is Resident Evil 4 Remake comes out tomorrow. Is that is that too rude? Am I just Don't dog on my indie games. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the long-awaited Resident Evil 4 Remake finally comes out tomorrow. I've got my copy pre-ordered. I've finally played the demo. I'm real excited about this one. Resident Evil 4 is a great game. It's, it's For me, it's divisive in the sense of... Uh, you know, it is one of the greatest action games that set the bar for action games back in 2005, I believe, when it originally came out. But it also lit the series like resident evil went from being a survival horror to an action horror title so if you have not played resident evil 4 before definitely do it it's a great game and then check out the the remake that comes up tomorrow i'll be really excited i might even i might even come out of my streaming hiatus to play this one Oh, there we go. We need to do a shout out then for Zando Calrissian. You need to go watch Zando play RE4 because it'd be far more likely that he would play it before I play it. 
And uh, I did I did play the first three hours of RE8 on stream Village, but you know, I never continued beyond that point. I just played it on my <laughs> own time because it's not really my kind of game. But I do enjoy the story a whole lot. And RE4, I feel like. No, I mean, I guess RE6 probably kicked off, or RE7 really kicked off the kind of storytelling they're telling now, but... Yeah, sure Resident Evil 7 great. brought it back. Resident Evil 4, like I said, just made it into a, a survival or an action horror series. Resident Evil 5 was more kind of action. Resident Evil 6, we don't talk about. And then Resident <laughs> Evil 7 went back to survival, like, really horror. Like, yeah. actually terrifying sometimes. 7's probably and my eight, favorite at this point. Yeah, and 8 does basically did like, hey, you guys like Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 7? Good job. We put them together. And so 8 was less creepy, but more action-oriented and had like the shop where you could upgrade your guns and everything. So 8 is kind of a perfect blend between the two. So I did see controversially, and we'll get back to our upcoming releases eventually, but I did see controversially they still like let you kill the dog or something was something that they were very surprised about with RE4. There's apparently this very iconic moment with a dog, and it's it's back, and people are yeah. The very beginning of the game that you find a dog trapped in a in a bear tra bear trap, and that kind of shows you like, oh hey, there's there's traps ahead, and you were able to shoot the dog, <laughs> and apparently they decided to leave that in. Yeah, for whatever reason. So that's controversy behind it, but I think it'll be a pretty good time. So I think we don't have any mods. So I'm gonna give you a quick shout out. Zando doesn't stream super often. But whenever Zando is able to stream, they're always great. Uh, next up is the Crown of Wu. Don't know much about that except for the fact that you're playing, I guess, as a Wukong S character. I think it's a platformer action game. No clue. Fractured Sanity VR comes out on the 27th. I'm Looks assuming like it's a Soma, but VR. Very spooky. Kind of spooky vibe. Call of Dragons. No idea what that is, but it's a phone game dropping on the 28th. The next I one assume, I'm very excited about. I assume it's a World War II shooter where you are our dragons. Mm hmm. Obviously. Crime Boss Rock A City comes out on the 28th. I know nothing about that. Do you remember that, that from the announcement? Do you know what the game that is? No. Oh, man. I am I had no idea this game was coming out so soon. I'm so excited for Crime Boss Rock A City. It is star-studded. Chuck Norris is in this game. <laughs> for whatever reason. Oh, okay, yeah. It's, it's very clearly going to be a pretty bad Vice City ripoff made for like a modern-day audience. It looks, it looks rough. But man, that cast, it's got like an exceptional cast of characters that are just people you would never expect. Do you uh, have it pulled see. up? Who are, who's the full cast? I, so we've got, oh man, I'm going to save him for last. So you got Michael Madsen, looks like he's going to be the main star of the game. Which uh, is Chuck Norris, as you said, <laughs> Danny Glover. So the picture I'm looking at is real pixelated, so it's hard for me to tell exactly what all these guys, but the one, oh, let's see. Michael Rooker, okay, so Yandu will be in there. Kim Basinger, Damian Poitier, Vanilla Ice. That's interesting. <laughs> and the one that I'm most excited about, Danny Trejo is in it. And if Danny Trejo's in it, it's going to be good. I mean, it's a baffling cast. It makes no sense how this, like, no-name, like, totally random company out of nowhere in game studios. I don't even know who that is. In-game studios comes and delivers this game that is absolutely star-studded. It is their only video game. I mean, Who is in-game studios? I have no idea. Star-studded is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> that is star-studded. That is, well, maybe it's B-list, but it's still like it's, no, it's, no video game is coming out nowadays with this many movie actors, I guess. It's star-studded if it came out in 1993, <laughs> but 2023, yeah, we got Michael Rooker. Yeah, Rooker's still in the talk, but it is, it's, oh, it's so funny. 
It's so funny. I'm so excited to see. I've heard nothing about it since its announcement. And that terrifies me. But I want it to be memed on so bad. Like, I want it to be, like, as memeable as Yakuza. But I don't think it's going to be there. We'll see. When, when I worked at the video store, I used to have a thing where I would cut out any picture of Danny Trejo that came in. So if we had, like, promotional posters or whatever. And so I made a collage, and it was up on the wall. And I put threat-level Trejo. So every month, I would look at how many movies were coming out with him in it. And that was the threat level. I love that. That's great. That's so good. And he was, I mean, he's one of those that just kind of shows up. He's just in yep. every movie. Okay, just, next up, Drop System Breach is a hacking game coming out on the 28th. And Enchanted, which I assume is some sort of magical hotel simulator. Yep, it looks like a farming sim-esque thing where you not only raise the farms, but you also make the food and serve people at your inn. That was a total uh, guess based on the name. I hadn't Googled it, but yeah, that's great yep, that that's nope. what it is. <laughs> you nailed it. MLB The Show, the latest iteration for 2023, is coming out on the 28th as well. Mm -hmm. Simon the Sorcerer on the 28th. No Terra idea. Terra Nil, which I'm super curious about Terra Nil. It's a reverse, a reverse like factory engineering thing. So instead of creating factories to produce, you are reversing it and taking factories down and recreating the rainforest-esque thing. So played the demo. It's a blast. Terra Nil is so good, says Perry. Seems pretty interesting. Drop it on the 28th. Simon the Sorcerer, is that a remake? It is Sorry, a I'm prequel. Like, I think a prequel. it's a prequel. Okay. Yeah, because there was a 1993 point-and-click adventure with the same title. So, sorry yeah, to They've apparently had a track. full series of it, and this is the latest iteration. Speaking of getting off the track, Forza Horizon 5 Rally Adventure comes out on the 29th. And on you like same racing games. <laughs> if you like racing games, this definitely gonna is a video. Forza. It's going to be more <laughs> Forza, and Forza is always gorgeous and fun to look at and fun to play. So it should be a good time. And then Gripper, which is a video game based around a grappling hook. We'll see. I have a feeling it'll be a fun old time. I'm more excited about the one that's like Gunbrella or whatever that's coming out later this year where you get to use an umbrella that's a gun for the whole game. That I'm more excited about than a Gripper. But a grappling hook, if you like grappling hooks in games, might be for you. Coming out on the 29th. And that's all the games. Those are all the upcoming releases coming out in the next week. If you plan on playing any of those, let us know down in the comments or in the chat that are on your like general periphery. I'm going to play Raccoon first, but I'm very excited about Mr. Saito and uh, and Storyteller. So those were the two. And then I'm going to watch everybody on Twitch play um, Rocket City for sure. I really hope people play it. I want people to play it because I just want to see it. I don't want to play it myself. No interest, but I want to watch it. If it's cheap okay. enough, I'll grab it. Just, just for Danny Trejo. <laughs> there we go. Watch it be a full 60. It's a $70 PS5 game. <laughs> with the with that cast, dude, they're going to need 70 bucks per game. All right. Next up, we have the meme of the week. This is our meme of the week. This is our final segment of the show. Inputted by Sneaky Pig. This is the one that got the most reactions over on Discord. Uh, the original poster said, I rebuke that spirit of division right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And then somebody in the comments said, Amen. I also hate math in the spirit <laughs> of division. Yep, 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 yep. A good one. A good one. So if you would like your meme of the week to be considered next week, then all you got to do is post over in our hashtag memes and goofs section in our Discord, expectation with Discord in the chat, as always. And we would love to see you over there. And if your meme gets the most reacts, then it'll be our meme of the week next week, as long as it is appropriate for uh, this video. And there we go. That has been the Week in Geek chat. Let's give a special chats in the clap for Zando being our special guest for today. We appreciate Thank you. For you. Go check out Resident Evil 4 Remake streaming. I think I think Xando said he was going to be doing like eight or ten hour streams for the next week. Most likely. Just that game. Just and, the entire uh, weekend. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
So always need more Zando on stream. Agreed. And so be sure to check that out. Thanks for uh, being a part of this. Now we're going to turn over to YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're on the Twitch chat, say hi, YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I thank you for watching. If you made it this far in this weekly Geekly News show, then I appreciate you watching. Odds are you liked this one enough to maybe click that thumbs up for me. So click that thumbs up button and let us know that you enjoyed this episode of the show. Uh, as always, drop your comments down below of thoughts that you might have had throughout the show. And we will see you again next week for another one of these. As always, remember, we believe three things to be true about every single one of you out there watching this. Whether you believe in God, don't believe in God, go to church, don't go to church, we still believe these three things to be true. Number one, that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you, we want community with you. And number three, that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are in it. Folks, with that, until the next time, whether I see you in another video here on the YouTube channel or back here for the Weekend Geek next week, I look forward to seeing you then. Bye-bye!